Hello, and welcome to the Self-Sufficient Hub podcast. I'm Carl from selfsufficienthub.com, and I'm here to talk about all things self-sufficiency, all things homesteading, and about how we can reduce the gap between our consumption and our production. Sustainability and food security matters. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 328 of the Self-Sufficient Hub podcast. I hope you're all safe and well. Today, we are talking about four things to do before the end of April. It's uh, definitely April. We're seeing those April showers at various parts of the country here in the UK, and we are definitely into spring. So today we're going to do our 4B4. If you're a new listener, what our 4B4 is, is basically four things to do before the end of that month. It's a little target, a little goal to set yourself. And I always say, and I challenge anyone to tell me I'm wrong, that if you actually do, if you actually ticked off everything on our lists of 4B4s every month, then I think you would look back on a more productive season than you would if you hadn't done them. I challenge anyone to tell me that. That's incorrect. So these are the four things to do before the end of April. I will just very, very quickly mention I've got a little bit of listener feedback that I'd like to share with you at the end of today's episode, just an email. And also we'll be doing our draw for the winner of the allotment month by month book by Dorling Kindersley, written by Alan Buckingham. And it's a really nice big hardback book. And it does what it says on the tin. It's uh, a month-by-month guide to what you should be doing in your allotments or vegetable plots. And we'll be giving that away to a lucky patron at the end of today's show. Before we get to any of that, though, we're going to talk about our four things to do before the end of April. So let's start then. And number one, you won't be surprised. It's very difficult for this to not make the list every year. I'm sure it would have been in April last year because we are in spring, at least here in the northern hemisphere and that is to start some plants we should all be sowing something now I am as you will know I'm not sowing anything I can't even follow my own advice because we're about to move house in about two weeks so it's a difficult period for me to be starting seeds but you should you absolutely should and of course every spring this is going to be a huge part of what we're up to now I sometimes think of spring as the busiest time of year, but actually I think really it's the late spring and early summer when we're doing most of our juggling, when we're trying to plant out seedlings, sow seeds, maintain the ground, do all of those things that are quite sometimes labour intensive. I think at this part of spring, early spring, it's less so and we get to do a bit of extra stuff around the ideas that we're going to be talking about today so bear that in mind so when I'm talking about starting your plants you want to be sowing seeds now I imagine pretty much there's a few places that might not be ready yet where you're still waiting for your last frost date for some of the things to go out but most of the things that we're talking about can be sown now if you've got some cover for them if you've got a polytunnel or a greenhouse as always guys check your seed packets check the instructions for your seeds because depending on where you live they're going to have different timing requirements for getting in the ground but there's lots and lots of things that we can be sowing right now if I was staying in the property that I'm in and growing a garden this year this month by the end of this month I think I would probably have sown 
pretty much everything maybe not in the ground and maybe there's a a couple of things that might wait till a little bit later but pretty much everything would be sown at the very least in seed trays in my polytunnel ready for transplanting out a little bit later you remember last year we had frosts right through until may but uh, who knows what we'll get this year. But definitely it's time to be sowing. So think about what you're going to be growing this year. If It's not too late to start. It's absolutely not too late to start. This is the start line. We're there right now. But uh, if you haven't got yourself organised yet, make sure that you do this month. Get your seeds planted. Get them sown so that you can reap the benefits of those crops later in the year so number one for april and i think it's probably going to be number one every april or certainly one of the numbers in r4 before and that is to sow some seeds get your plants growing the second one is sort of tied into that you'll remember i said that this might not be the busiest period just yet and while you're sowing there's another job that you might want to think about and that is just tidying up your growing space now this includes a lot of different subsections if you like whether you're growing in containers in raised beds or into the ground however you're growing you want to make sure that your growing area is kept weed free and is ready to receive your plants when they're ready for transplanting whatever it might be whether you're sowing direct or not and you want to be keeping everything up together and tidy because it's much much easier to get it straight now than when you're already under the pressure of having to do your transplanting and things are getting a little bit busier the weather's warmed up that little bit more so tidy up your growing space you might have some overwintering plants that you are needing to harvest and getting out the ground you might have some of last year's growth still there that's just sat there some old dead plants that you just want to get out and compost maybe you need to mulch but however you're doing it you want to tidy up your growing space and the same applies for your greenhouse your polytunnel your cold frames your raised beds wherever it is you're going to be growing and working get those areas nice and tidy make sure you know where everything is make sure you know where all your pots are if you're going to be using pots make sure you know where your compost is your seed trays just get everything nice and organized and tidy if you've still got some canes in the ground that are rotten and you're not going to be using this year get them taken care of any composting you need to do just to get that area nice and tidy and like I say when I Around this time of year, usually I would be mulching and I know that I'm sort of ready and organised and tidy when I look at my garden bed and it's all beautifully mulched and tidy and ready to receive my plants. So that's number two, tidy up your growing space. And that ties in nicely with number one. Next up, this is a break from the garden. We're going back into the house and into the kitchen and that is to prepare all of your food storage areas for the season ahead just to have a think now what I'm going to suggest that you might even do is just go through all of the things that you've preserved from last year go through your freezers go through your dried beans and all of those things and have an organize now is a great time to do things like rotation making sure that the older stuff is near the front and going to get used if you're like me and you like to keep quite a bit of food storage in the house you know this is all part and parcel of it is preparing that area maintaining it making sure that you're rotating your stock but also one thing I do want to mention 
is do a little inventory. It just you, you can write it down, you can be as organized as you like, but you can just do it visually just by taking a look at things and seeing what you actually have. Because what we don't want to do is augment mistakes that we made last season and compound them by making them again this season by growing too much of something. So if you still have a freezer full of beans, then maybe think, am I going to get through all those beans before the next ones are ready? And if not, then maybe think, well, maybe I should grow a few less this year. Maybe think this, hold hold aloft that jar that's been on your shelf of dried goods for a year that was there when you went into last year's growing season and ask yourself that really difficult question am I actually going to eat this? And take the time to think, well, okay, I'm going to eat it and I'm going to eat it this week. Get it eaten up. Think of a new way to cook it, however it might be. But ultimately, if you can't do that, then think maybe I can actually do without this. And you might want to, you know, if you've got some plants, if you've got some crops that you've grown a season or two before and you've still preserved and you still have them and you haven't used them, think to yourself, are you going to use them? And maybe they would be better served becoming chicken food or something like that. But now's the time to take a take a minute and go through all of your food storage and think about what it is you're actually going to grow, what you want to grow, and how does that tie into the story that you can tell yourself about what you eat when you look at what you've still got in the shelves and freezers. Because I think that's one of the biggest mistakes we can make, particularly as new gardeners. We can sometimes grow too much of things that are easy to grow and save too much of the things that we've grown too much of and never actually get around to using them. So now is the time to go through that and make sure that we're not wasting our energies for a further season. If you've still got things like squashes and pumpkins that are just sat at a root cellar type temperature, make sure that they're in your program to be eaten in the next few weeks before they spoil. Go through all of those things. And also, while we are preparing our food storage, think about how you're going to be storing the crops that you're growing this year. Do you need some extra jars for putting preserved produce in are you going to have room in your freezer what's your plan for managing that cycle this is the time to go through all of that and think about where you're going to be storing things how you're going to be storing things and making sure that you're all prepared and of course I'm never going to advocate just wasting things and throwing food out. That's not my goal. But at the same time, we need to be sensible about growing things that are going to be eaten. And I like, I advocate always for keeping a decent amount of food storage in your house at any given time. But to do that, we need to rotate and make sure that we're using things appropriately. So that is number three, the preparation of your food storage and your food storage areas and items. Last one in our four things to do before the end of April is to maintain and repair your chicken coops. Now, depending on where you live and what systems you run, this could be all sorts of different things. If you live in a really cold climate that gets really cold in the winter, then it might be removing the winterization. Perhaps you add some insulation to your chicken houses over the winter. Perhaps you seal up the, some of the ventilation and now's the time to think about undoing that work. Perhaps you don't, and like us, we don't really need to winterize our coops too much, but the spring is a great time 
to, for instance, now what we would do, we run a deep litter method and now is the time that we would take that litter out because we use that. It actually gives off some, generates a small amount of heat during the winter and helps as it breaks down and decomposes. So we keep it in all winter long and now or any time, depending on the weather, sort of February, March, April is when we might take that out. But now's the time to give your coops a good or once over, change the bedding perhaps, get in there, check for mites, Changing the bedding will help with that, of course. But also, have a look at the actual structures themselves. Are the doors working? Are the hinges all working? Perhaps they need some oil on them, some WD-40 or something. Do you have a leak? Is the ventilation working as you want it to for the summer? What do you know? What, what if you left this coop on its own for another year? What's it going to look like next year? Are there bits of timber that need reinforcing or replacing? And also have a look for perhaps little holes where mice or rats have been getting in and think about plugging those up. This is a great time of year to really spend a minute and making sure that your coops are all set and up and running because. As I've mentioned before, it's about to get very busy out there in the garden, isn't it? Our time is about to become a little bit more pressured with weeding and sowing and transplanting and then eventually harvesting along with all those other things. So now's the time to try and set up your systems like your food prep area, like your growing areas and like your chicken coops so that you can go all summer without having to worry about them, without having to suddenly stop because you can't get the door shut because the wood swelled or the hinge has fallen off now's the time to just give them a once over and make sure they're all up and running nice and smoothly so that brings us to the end of our four things to do before the end of april so get your plants started sow something tidy up and prepare your growing space so that when it comes to transplanting you are there and ready to go have a look at your food preparation and storage. Make sure that you are doing everything that fits for your home and your homestead. And give all of your chicken coops their annual maintenance and repair budget insofar as your time and energy and effort. Well worth doing, I think. So as I said, if you do all of those things before the end of the month, I think you will be set up for a really, really productive growing season. Right, I mentioned at the start of the episode that I wanted to share some listener feedback and it's from frequent contributor Alex Todd from the Net Zero Homestead. Thank you, Alex, for keeping in touch. And he writes... Well, actually, I must say, first of all, Alex is the one that gave me my uh, my birthday present, my podcast birthday present. He sent me a, a goat apron for the kitchen, which was great. And uh, I obviously sent him my thanks via email and he replied... Uh, a few things. I'm going to paraphrase some of his email, but basically, and, and Alex is also, he's listening from the start, which is one of the reasons why it's so great to hear from you, Alex, because he's on currently episode 200. So he's a, it's like a little time capsule, some of my conversations with Alex, which are really, really great. Uh, so he writes, I'm currently listening to episode 200, Ask Me Anything. So prepare your little happy dance and expect my voicemail, which has come in and will feature on a future show. Um, I have to say, your Becoming a Builder story was quite entertaining. I don't drink either, but I love the non-alcoholic version of Guinness called Calibre. Great flavour. When I was listening to your homebrew challenge guest in episode 194, I was wondering if I could brew some Guinness-like stout and then remove the alcohol, then I could make my own. It could be quite an experiment. I love that. 
Also, have to mention the hair shirts and takeaways episode was really on point. You said several things that often don't get said very much and need to be. We're all in this for enjoyment, so why make it painful? It's really not necessary. I definitely never do. Most people think I'm a little bit odd when I go off on some experiment, but that's my fun and each to their own. Thanks for keeping the ideas fresh and exciting. We all want to have a go. Thank you, Alex, for that amazing email. I'm not sure if it's a global thing, if it's a different thing based on location, but I think here in the UK, Calibre, when it was first launched, I believe was just a non-alcoholic lager rather than a stout. But I might be wrong on that. I've, I don't think I've ever drunk it. And I do have to say, if there are any non-drinkers out there, I really enjoy Beck's Blue. That's the non-alcoholic lager that I drink very occasionally. And I also really enjoy the occasional non-alcoholic wine. Uh, red wine with some cheese because uh, that's something I used to have a fair amount of and miss a little bit so those are my non-alcoholic go-tos what was the other thing I was going to mention oh yeah just that um, the idea of just experimenting with things and making so for instance making your own alcoholic alcoholic beverages and then taking the alcohol out what a great idea you know I, I don't think it's going to be something that I'm going to do from a practical level very often. But, you know, just having those skills, learning those things, that's what I love. I just love doing it. I can't help myself learning these new things. So I'm all for your experiments, Alex. Good for you. Right. Last thing on today's show then is to do our patron draw and all of the current patrons of the show are going into the hat and minus the ones who have already won so if you are a patron and you haven't yet won anything your odds are getting better every week (laughs) or at least every week a new patron doesn't sign up (laughs) but uh, yeah eventually I will get around to all of you I've actually packed my library my library is packed and I've put to one side several books I've still got another I don't know, 12 or 15 books or so that are really good that I'm going to be giving out to patrons over the coming weeks. So again, if you want to be included in this draw, you just have to be a patron of the show. You can do that at patreon.com forward slash self-sufficient hub. So going in the draw today is everyone that hasn't yet won and you're going to be in the draw for a chance to win the allotment month by month. It's a really, really big book by Dorling Kindersley. It's a great resource and it does cover absolutely everything. I've got a a couple of these books. I really like the month by month guides because they can sometimes help when you're thinking, what should I do today? And and it's so easy to be drawn in a hundred different directions these can sometimes help to focus you in. So as I do the draw then, and I will let you know that today's winner is Kate Meehan. Please do get in touch, Kate, with your email, sorry, get in touch via email with your address. If you send me an email at selfsufficientcontact at gmail.com with your email, I will get this posted out to you as soon as I get time. That's going to wrap it up for today. I just wanted to say thanks again to all of you guys, not just the patrons, but all of you who listen to the show. It really does make a difference. You guys are what makes this show possible. I couldn't, you know, without you listeners, there wouldn't be a show. So thank you so much. Please do think about sharing the podcast with someone that you think might enjoy it, whether that's on your social media channel or face to face with your mum, your best friend or someone you meet in the garden centre. Please do share the show. It's the best way of growing it. And I will speak to you all next week. Thanks, guys. Bye bye for now.
This episode of the Self-Sufficient Hub podcast was brought to you by our patrons. You guys are awesome. If you'd like to support the show, there's lots of ways you can do it. The easiest of which is just to like and review it wherever you get our podcasts. You can also tell somebody about it, whether that's on social media or just face-to-face with a friend who you think might benefit from it. But however you support our podcast, we really, really appreciate it. If you'd like to become a patron, please consider doing so by going to patreon.com forward slash self-sufficient hub. However you support the podcast, it's listeners like you that make all of this possible. Thank you ever so much for listening, and I'll speak to you really soon.